A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents of children with disabilities. And today we're talking to a pea shoot family that have had kidney transplants. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, even though Mandy's mum doesn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) So... You know, if you don't want your children to hear, then put your headphones, earbuds, earpods, whatever in. Otherwise, just listen. (laughs) It's how people talk now. (laughs) Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. Um, For those of you outside Victoria, congratulations on leaving your homes. You we, live in heaven. Yeah, we do not leave our house. <laughs> I feel like, you know, we're joked about wanting to go to jail. Yeah. Here so, I am. Yeah, but you weren't going to take your whole family and put in the cell with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to go yeah, to jail. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it's like one hour a day you're allowed to leave. Yeah. It's not like jail. I'm joking, but, you know, it's, oh, it's pretty It's pretty brutal. It is pretty brutal. It yeah. is. It's it, I just... Yeah, it just seems really long too. Yeah, well, it's only been what? It's not even been two weeks. I don't think so. Yeah. So I think because we were already three weeks into yeah, lockdown stage three. three or whatever and then boom into six weeks of stage four, it's just tiring, you know. But yeah. anyway, by the time you hear this, maybe we're nearly halfway through. No, no we're I not. don't know. No, don't even not. say anything about anything. We're never getting out. <laughs> <laughs> I think the amazing thing is now people are just going, 
won't it be great if we can have friends or family yes. over for Christmas? Yes, like we're all literally, Christmas. our goalpost is. Yep. we would like to be able to have family for Christmas. Like that's yes. that's huge. Yeah. I think. Yeah, compared to us, you know, two months ago, going, oh, we'd like to be able to go to Bali. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking going to go to New Zealand for the first time. Yeah. You know, we'll open yep. countries are going to be open together. We'll have a great time. Nah. I, yep. just, I don't know, Kate. No, I don't. We'll do another snap pee where we, we can will. really go on because we've got yep. a special guest today. So, yep. but honestly, we could talk your head off and we will <laughs> about how bad it is in stage four. It's just the sparkly remote learning is not even, it's flat. It's flat. It's gone learning. flat. The cork's it's- been left out of the bottle. <laughs> you know, when you had gastro and your mum gave you flat yeah. lemonade, it's like the whole of Melbourne's got gastro. It really does. <laughs> It's bad, peace. It it's is bad. bad. It's bad. But no, anyway. we've got your back, okay? Yep. Like, yeah, we're going to tell your story. So we'll do that snap pee, hopefully. Yep, yep, we so will. Anyway, we've got three. Well, we've got a remote microphone today. We do. In Sydney. Sydney. And we wanted to do this face to face, and we had that all. We were like, oh, yeah, we'll I see know. you. We'll go to ACAST. Yep. But yes, would you like to say hello and introduce yourself, special guest? Hi, I'm Alison, and yeah. I Hi. live in Sydney. Alison <laughs> <laughs> yep. and I Maybe. met each other in Essential Babies. That that's right. That's what I remember. Yep. The oh, online okay, yep. online forum, and I reckon that was probably two thousand and seven or eight. Do you think? Yep, because my girls were born two thousand and six. So. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then we got to meet each other in person when we had our Sydney yes. show. Oh, yeah, the one and only show. <laughs> the one and only show. <laughs> And you came up on the stage and I was like, Alison, oh, my yeah. God. It was so lovely to meet you in person. So it was very special. It was. It was. So even I've met you. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. right. It's amazing. So, all right, take it away, Kate, with the question. All right, we've got our three questions. The first question is, do you have any music or songs or anything that gets you through good times or bad times? Not really. Now that I have teenagers, they control Yes. Yes. Yep. So yep. just listen to whatever whatever they've put on. Although Ashley's playlist is not allowed to infiltrate anyone else's because she loves the um, chipmunk versions of things. <laughs> <laughs> All the single ladies. <laughs> the I can hear that. How yes, I can up. too. She, yeah. And she knows all the words. It's so disturbing to hear her <laughs> up in the club, I up on him, he up on me, <laughs> whatever the words are. <laughs> she is a fabulous child, isn't she? <laughs> she is. She so is. funny. <laughs> oh. Okay, my question is awards. Did you win any awards at school? No. Yeah, good company. Just the occasional weekly, you know, the weekly merit awards that they would give out. Yeah, yep. Occasional ones of those, but nothing flash. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, same with us. So good, yeah. Phew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Why are you a P? I have the P trifecta. Yes. Twins, born early and one with a disability. Yeah. You do, you're a super Super P. P. Yeah. Yeah. That's so at our uh, live show, one and only, we did give awards out to Super Peace. But, um, yeah, 
you know. We might never be able to do that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, let's let's get talking a little bit about your story. So yes. can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy with the girls? You, you have an older daughter. Yep. So at the time, Emma was two when um, I was pregnant with the twins, all IVF pregnancies. Yep. yep. So we found out very early at seven weeks, I think, that I was having identical twins. Mm. Couldn't stop laughing yeah. the day afterwards. <laughs> Just like, really? Yeah. Me having identical twins? Yeah. Um, but I really feel like that that moment of excitement got very quickly squashed yeah. and kind of taken away. Mm. Um, so at about... The obstetrician I was originally seeing was kind of blasé about the pregnancy. So even though it was high risk, identical twins, yep. it didn't um, didn't have me booked in for that many extra scans or anything. Mm. So at there was always a slight size difference at, yep. say, 12, 13-week scans. Yep. Then at 18 weeks, everything looked normal, but one baby was smaller. Yep. And then he's like, oh, we'll go back in 26, at 26 Ooh. weeks and have another scan. And I was like... I've been on the Google and yep. I think I should have at least some more scans. So yep. he said, all right, go at 22 weeks. And on that day, 22 weeks, five days, um, I went on my own because I was thinking it'll be fine. It's just a routine scan. It's yep. an extra, nothing yep. to see here. Yep. Um, had quite advanced twin to twin transfusion, which mm. is the same as what you're eight. Yeah. And who was my donor twin had no fluid around her at all. So she was kind of stuck to the side of the uterus, yep. shrink wrapped in her membrane and yep. Audrey was floating around in buckets of fluid. Yep. So had an immediate amnio reduction that day. Yeah. We only had one car. My husband was, work, was at work. Uh. So I had to drive down to work, get him, find someone to look after Emma, drop her off oh, and then go back. Oh, my goodness. Of course you did. Yeah. Um, and then went home. So they did the amnio reduction and then you weren't on bed rest? Well, I was only, because it was before 24 weeks, I was told to rest, but because the babies weren't yet viable, there's kind of limited benefit, I guess, because they weren't, if the babies came, they were going to come and there was nothing that could be done at that stage. Um, So then the following week I went and saw a specialist at another hospital and after that I never went back to the first doctor Um, and then that doctor kind of looked after my pregnancy for the next few weeks so I probably had another amnio reduction at about 24-ish weeks and then when I went in at 26 weeks um, apparently the membrane that both the babies are in is meant to be stuck to the outside of the or the inside of the uterus but mine was like floating around and the membrane between them's got holes in it, mm. and the doctor was just like, um, "You need to go upstairs, have the steroids, mm. um, go go into bed rest now in hospital, and then I uh, will do the amnio reduction." I think uh, maybe a few days later, once I had the steroids on, yeah, protect the baby's lungs and give them the best chance. Yeah. So yeah, got admitted that day. Uh, Emma also happened to have. Violent gastro at the oh, time, oh, so she was at my home with, <laughs> oh my and my really swapping like my sister would come and get me, take yes. me to the hospital, mm. all this juggling around. Um, so yeah, then got admitted at twenty six weeks, 
did the whole nursery tour. This is where your babies will be coming and all of that Mm. kind of thing. And then, but I thought that if it was up to my body, I thought they'd be staying in because I labor with Emma. They had to remove her. Right. Uh, At 41 weeks, she was like, no, no. Yes, (laughs) yes. I don't go into labour. What's that? Yes. Um, But the following week, so 27 weeks, four days at that scan in the morning, Mm. um, the doctor said, no, they need to come out soon. So Ashley Mm. was very, very small and the delivery was actually timed to give Audrey, who was the recipient, the best chance of survival because I think they thought Ashley's so small yes. and sickly that she probably wasn't going to survive. Um, and then Audrey started to go into heart failure because she had all the fluid, fluid. overload yeah. on her system. So then they were um, delivered that afternoon, elective mm. cesarean at 27 weeks. Mm. My goodness. And so between when you were admitted and when you had them, were you um, like – Googling and being terrified or you're just trusting the hospital or like what was it like at that point? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I think I was the, one of the ways that I coped from the 22 weeks diagnosis to the 27 week diagnosis, because my initial reaction is to start grieving in advance. Yeah. Mm. It's all going to be bad. I'm going to lose these babies. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of had this moment one day where I just thought, you know what, it might not turn out that way. Mm. What if they live? And yeah. I've wasted all of this energy grieving. Mm. Yep. If they don't survive, it's going to be terrible. Yes. Let it be terrible then. Yeah. Mm. But in the meantime, yeah. try and and I, I also had to really try and keep myself together because I would have contractions if I got too worked up. Oh, yes. So I just right. kind of had to try and yeah. Keep it, keep myself calm and not get into the future yep. too much. Yeah. Um, How did you do that? My goodness. Well, I didn't do it successfully all the time, but mm. I think just not, allowing myself to say, well, if that if the worst happens, it's going to be terrible. Let yep. it be terrible yes. then. Yep. Yes. Yeah. But at, that makes at sense. this moment, these babies are alive. alive. Yes. Yep. And yeah. Well. You know, you do everything see what you the can. next day brings. Yeah. Next, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember cherishing them being inside me. Yeah, thinking you know yeah. they're they're both alive today. Like you'd go for the scan, you'd see they're alive, and you'd have yeah. that little bit of comfort for that little while till the next scan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a. Because you can't really feel them moving that much when you've no. got that much no. nervous. Yes, you, and they're so small. You really you don't have that reassurance of no kicking. Yeah. You yes. don't. No. Yeah, and especially um, I remember when they'd try and like even find their heartbeats and they couldn't find them because one had too too much fluid fluid. and one had not enough. Yeah. So that's a terrifying thing. And I would say I remember seeing a different doctor and I was like, it doesn't work. And she was like the head of all the obstetricians in Australia or Victoria and she was like, it does work. And I was like, it doesn't. And then she put them on. She's like, well, I can't find a heartbeat. And I was like, I know, I but you. if we do an ultrasound, you'll be able to see them. Oh, right then. Well, I don't know that that's right. Yep. And then up to the hospital, it was all fine. Well, it wasn't fine, but we could see yeah. them. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't know about twin-to-twin transfusion. It's quite, it's rare. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing you on television. Yes. Well, yes. My girls were born on yes. television. Tell yeah. us. 
Um, so the old TV show RPA was mm. being filmed at the time that I was pregnant and they obviously keep their eye out for interesting cases yes. and asked us if we would like to be part of it. And it's funny because my husband and I are not really television people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was kind of before iPhones and yes. every device having video footage kind of thing. And we had friends who had been on the show years before and one of their twins hadn't survived. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I want the footage of yes. these babies. If this goes wrong, I want the footage of these babies. Yeah. And so I just said yes. And my husband was horrified because he's a, <laughs> Private. such an introvert. Yes. Yeah. I was like, we're, we're getting the footage because I will need that for later. Yes. We should just go back to their birth. Tell us a little bit about how much they weighed. Did you get to see them? Were they taken straight away? Um, yes. Yeah, so they were born the afternoon of um, after I'd had that scan in the morning. Yep. The doctors are like, no, if the doctors called it, that's it. They need to come out now. Yep. Um, Ashley was born first. She was my small baby mm-hmm. and she weighed 570 oh, grams. Yes. So she was very, very tiny. Yes. And you don't kind of realise at the time what what it means long term for her no. to be that small. The doctors yes. kind of have all this inside information yes, that they know. Yes, they do. Yes, they yeah. do. You know, before a certain number of weeks, at a certain number of weight, yep. things improve. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we were blissfully ignorant. They were yep. born alive and yes. I was just yep, delighted exactly. that they yes. had um, been born and that they were alive and that we, we had a chance because we yep. had had the discussion beforehand, especially when I was admitted at 26 weeks and Ashley was even smaller. They yeah. did kind of discuss, do you want to resuscitate yep. this baby? Um, yeah, it's terrible. It's just, oh, how did it's you deal so with that? Much. I remember having oh. those conversations. And, terrible. And I just, I think we can't make that decision. No. And even to this day, I pray that I will never have to make a difficult decision like yes. that with Ashley. Yeah. Yes. I wanted it to be clear. Yes. From her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like her to make the decision. Yes. Yep. So we just we said we want her to have a chance. Yeah. And in the end, we got to twenty seven weeks, four yep. days. So at that stage, you kind of have to. Yes. You yeah, have to she's give them alive. A yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And so Audrey came out second, and she was eight hundred and twenty grams. So oh, she was yeah. considerably bigger, but still tiny. Yes. yes. And she actually, when you look back at the footage, it's horrifying because I didn't realise at the time that she was going to be my healthy twin. Mm. Yeah. And she came out flat, very flat, because mm. Ashley had been so stressed, so depri- deprived, yep. had, you know, a tiny sliver of calcified, ragged placenta with, mm. you know, hardly any umbilical cord. Everything was wrong. Yep. So she was stressed. She came out. She cried yep. and wriggled a bit, whereas Audrey, who had been overloaded with all the fluid mm. and just floating mm. around, just was flat mm. and it took a long time to intubate her oh, and goodness. to get her stable and get oh. her around to the nursery. Oh. And now when I think about that, it just makes me feel sick. Yeah. Because I do know of other people who've had twins who have got to delivery but then one twin hasn't made it out yes. of the delivery room yes. because of twin to twin. Yes. I know they said to me that um, the birth is one of the most dangerous times with twin to twin. So yeah, because you can have a sudden yes. severe transfusion. You can, yeah, between the babies. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I don't think Ashley had any blood left, honestly, to, yeah. to, do, to do any more donating. She was so yeah. little and anemic and living yeah. on air, really. Yeah, mm. it's just, a, yeah, it's terrifying being a twin to twin mum. Yeah. Really, really terrifying. And, and so, it's, you don't know anything about it. It's something no. you've never heard about until you get pregnant with identical twins. Yep. And then you're like, oh, this could really go wrong. Yep. And maybe it's changed a little bit now, but I don't think so. But the when you read the stats, you're like, oh, I can't read this because they're just, they're not in your favour. They're still not good. No, they're not good. And yeah, yeah it's, I don't know, it's just and everybody who's been pregnant and it has something's happened in that pregnancy and they think they might lose that baby knows that fear. Yep. Yeah. So it's doubly scary when it's twins. Because we thought the um, the worst part was the pregnancy mm. and anticipating, you know, will they be born alive? Yes. And I remember the, all saying, you know, strap yourselves in because the NICU can be a real mm. roller coaster. Mm. And us thinking, oh, you know, we're prepared because this pregnancy has been stressful. Yeah. We were not. No, 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 let me you tell cannot you. be. It was no. like, yeah. Tell us. Um, I might tell Audrey's story first because hers sure. is far less complicated. Yeah. Yep. So she We've got plenty was of quite time. flat when she was born. Yep. Yep. Um, they were both wrapped in plastic like little sandwiches. No. Ashley, literally the size of a little sandwich wrapped mm. in plastic, mm. taken around to the nursery and stabilised. Yep. Um, and I remember the neonatologist coming to see me later that night saying, we're off to a reasonable start. And I was like, what does he mean reasonable? Why doesn't he say good? What does that mean? Yeah. And him saying, we often have a little honeymoon period with these tiny babies. Yeah. Yep. Like, what does he mean by that? We soon found out what that meant. Mm. So they were stable for the first night-ish and then um, – Sometime in the first week, they both had open PDAs, so mm. they had the drug to try and close that, right. which put both of their kidneys back a bit. So both of them had a rise in creatinine. But right. then Audrey's came yeah. down, um, she came off the ventilator at, I think, day five or six, and we were able to have a little cuddle oh. with her. And um, she was like a little frog, like so tiny little, tiny little thing. Yeah. And her only other complication was sometime in that first week, I don't even remember when it happened, she lost all circulation to one leg. From the hip to the tip of her toes just went completely white. Oh, my. And the doctor's... The doctor said he was crapping himself. Like that was his technical oh. term for it. Like he, they were freaking out. So they took all her umbilical lines out and just waited and watched and prayed oh. and hoped. And um, she lost the, t- the tip of one toe. Oh, It's wow. a bit flat. It's right. kind of a bit funny shape. Yeah. Um, but to think that she could have lost her, her entire leg from the hip down yeah. is just, yeah, yeah. Um, terrifying oh, yes but once that resolved she kind of then had a fairly uneventful nursery journey mm, so yep. she was on the ventilator for five days yep. then she went on to CPAP yep. she was on CPAP on and off um on and off in I in ICU for five weeks mm-hmm. yep then went out to high dependency for five weeks mm-hmm. yep and then went out to special care for maybe two and a half weeks yep and came home on her due date oh, wow 
doing all the things that yep. she should have been doing. So yep. she gained weight, she learned to feed, she learned yeah. to regulate her temperature. Yep. She had the occasional apnea, but she wasn't um, – she was always stable and moving yep. in the right direction. Yeah. And so you brought, her, on the you other brought her home? Yes, at yep. after 87 days on her yep. due date. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ashley's story was a bit different. Yeah. Yes. She was that baby yeah. in the nursery that kept um, having all of the complications and um, going from one thing to another. Mm. So in her, she was stable for the first day or so, yep. but then her creatinine, which is a measure of your kidney function, mm-hmm. started to rise and rise and rise. Mm. And by day four, I think, um, I think Murray went home that night for the first time to actually try and sleep at home yep. in a bed and try and be able to be sane and functional and yeah. see Emma. Yeah, mm. poor Emma. Um, so I was there on my own in the evening when some young registrar doctor without many skills mm. in communication tried to get me to go, you know, to the special room where they have to go mm. to tell you bad news. I was like, no, I'm not going to the room. I refuse. Yeah. Just and I remember him saying, oh, her, her potassium's very high and her blood sugar's very low. And I was like, what does that mean? Mm. I kind of feel like I said that a lot yeah. throughout that whole time. Like doctors say things and they know what it means. Yes. But I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like you kind of got to make them spell it out. Yes. Like as a parent, you kind of have to say, could she die from yes. this? Yes. Um. I think they don't want to, to get, say those words, but actually that's what they're saying anyway. Yeah, so just so, tell the well, truth. Well, I've tell worked the truth. out the code. The yeah. code is she's very sick. Okay. So when you're critically ill, they will tell you up to a point, they'll say, you know, the creatinine's high or this is low or we're yeah. doing this, we're doing that, we're doing the other. Once you've reached the point where everything is being done that can be done yeah, and you just have to wait and watch and you don't know which way it's going to go, they say she's very sick. Mm. Okay. Okay. But it took me a long time to work out that's what they mean when they say she's very sick. Because mm. I'm like, well, that sounds like she's got the flu. Do something. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. obviously she's not you know, this bit. She's yeah. in hospital. So I know that she's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, the less information you get, the more they say to you things like she's very sick, that I now know if they say that about someone, uh, listen, because yeah. that's, it means that. You know, it's very serious. Yeah, mm. right. Mm. So mm. she survived that night. I don't remember what happened. They must have given more medications. But then her creatinine got so high. So I think normal, for, I don't know what normal is for a baby, but for an adult, it, it, a normal creatinine is about 65 for a normal female, small yep. person. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what Ashley's is now. Yeah. Um, but hers, when she weighed 570 grams, hers got up to 495. Oh. Um, oh, and her, her, she wasn't producing any urine, so she yeah. swelled up. She probably, oh. I don't even know if they actually weighed her because she was so unstable, but she mm. probably swelled up to about 800 grams. Oh, mm. poor baby. Which if you think of that proportionally yes. in terms of Enormous. kilograms, that's like me going from 50 to 80. Yes. In it's a enormous. week yep. with extra fluid. Mm. Um, so by the time it got to the Friday, one week after they were born, she was very critical and the um, 
the doctor who had looked after me throughout my pregnancy, he didn't deliver them, but he had looked after me. He kind of, he stopped by almost to, not to give his condolences because she was still alive, but, you know, to check in on me and to, you know, say he was so sorry to see that that was the way things were heading. Mm. Um, But then that day she did a wee, five whole meals of wee. So we kind of had a reprieve. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that was the end of the first week, but she was still obviously critical, still on the ventilator, probably stayed on the ventilator for two and a half weeks in that first initial critical period. Mm. Um, and then they had to try and wean her off it and onto CPAP, which yeah. they did, but she wasn't very stable on it. Um, I don't really, I don't remember a lot of the specifics no, now. Yeah, it, just, it kind of gets all muddled in your yeah. yeah. mind. But then she did come off the ventilator and we thought, oh, I kind of looked up and took a breath and thought, oh, maybe yeah. we're going to, maybe we'll get out of here. Bring yeah. back. But then, yep. um, then at five weeks though, she got an infection, mm. went back onto the ventilator for a week. I'm not sure what that was. I don't know if that was some kind of sepsis or maybe that was a gut thing. Mm. And you know how their gut stops working. Um, But the surgeon came in and laid hands on her belly and I don't know if he poked her the right way. She did a massive poo and then the crisis was temporarily (laughs) averted. (laughs) That's the the knife's edge all all the time. Just their presence. Yes. (laughs) Here I come with my amazing The healing presence. Um. Yeah, so then then she kind of progressed a little bit and she seemed to be doing okay, but was very slow progress. But they had her on a very tight schedule. So she, you know how we in, well, you guys know, but maybe not everyone will know. Yeah. When you're trying to wean off the CPAP, they take it off the baby and then they see how long the baby can tolerate breathing on their own. Yep, yep. And then when the baby gets tired, they'll put it back. Mm. Yep. Because that hadn't worked so well for Ashley in the past, they had a regimen, you know, four hours on, eight hours off, or right. yep. whatever it was, and just kind of tried to keep her quite stable. But then she must have she must have graduated from the nursery out to special care at some point. She must have gone out to join Audrey out in special care, yeah. I think, at about when she was about ten weeks. Right. But she had made such painstakingly slow progress so at about 37 weeks corrected like they should have still you know not been born for three weeks I think she'd only just made it to a kilo Kilo. in weight she was just so small and so sickly yeah and then she had uh, when she was, so yeah, I think when she was 10 weeks old, so by that time Audrey's in special care, is quite stable, getting ready to come home, having her first bath, Aww. things like that. Yeah. Um, then Ashley had her most spectacular collapse um, and kind of don't even remember the trigger was for that. It's kind of like a lot of things that in hindsight you can probably understand why it would have happened, but at the time it seemed ridiculous. Like mm. she'd had a hearing test, she'd got a bit cold, she'd had a vomit, and the next minute she's completely decompensated and they're doing resuscitation oh, and she's so... back in intensive care, back on life support. Oh, my goodness. And um, 
that 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 last week of in intensive care, or that last time of her being back in intensive care, that was kind of the breaking point yeah, for my sanity. Yeah. yeah, that was because I had thought in the beginning I was like, okay, I'm prepared; they might not survive. Yes. And then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe they will. Yeah. But then she had the setback when she was five weeks and I was like, oh, no, we're back here, back at square one again. Maybe yeah. she won't survive. Yeah. But then she'd been making progress and I thought, yeah. oh, maybe we will. Yeah. But then the 10-week one, that was the finish of me because I wasn't there at the time. I was going to say. <gasps> so did they so ring you? So we she's back in intensive care. Well, she's at, well, I can't remember what they said. They made it not sound as bad as it was. She's had a bit of an apnea. Oh, she's yeah. just back in. She's back in intensive care on the ventilator. Um, but then back in those days, they had paper notes. Yes. So I would just sit you there read and them. read notes. Yes. <laughs> I read the whole thing from beginning yes, to end. I would have done that. Too. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's horrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at that time. She things kind of came to a head in the nursery, and I think a lot of unsaid things like this child is probably going to have a disability. Yeah. Mm. Um, and because her kidney function was still terrible, yeah. They they called in some specialists. They called in a specialist from um, the kids' hospital that we now go to to um, talk to us about her kidneys. They kind of they looked at from, you know, the last 10 years, all the babies who've been born sort of similar birth weight or mm. similar gestation to her and what their outcomes have been and had a big discussion with us about right. what Did they? might wow. be going to happen. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it was still kind of vague. Yep. Um, no one, so we haven't have interviewed that anyone thing. that said that. No. I think because things were quite dire. Yes, yeah. yes. And I think in hindsight when I have spoken to some of the doctors there, I think I don't think they thought that she was going to survive. And right. I don't think that they had conversations with us in the nursery about you should think about what treatment you want for this baby because I think they thought it was going to happen anyway. Yes, Do you know yes, what I mean? I think they yes. thought it was going to happen naturally, that, that yeah. it would progress. Yeah. She yeah. would get sicker. And yeah. It would come to a point where we would make a decision to stop treatment. Yeah. Mm. But they didn't count how tough she is. Yes. <laughs> little fighter. She's yes. the most stubborn person yes. to this day. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, I'm not going anywhere. No. <laughs> I'm here to stay, thank you. Yes, no. and make her mark. Yeah. In this so world. her I probably should have said also that her her creatinine that got to four hundred and ninety five, she started making urine again. Yep. So it started to come down. So yep. while it was coming down, everyone thought, oh, you know, this is going in the right direction. Hopefully mm. it will go back to normal. But it never did get quite back to normal. I think the lowest it ever got to was maybe 150 or something. Right. Um, but then in that week when she was back in intensive care, you know, she had an infection. You know when you're in, in the nursery and you're infected and you've got the tape on the floor yeah. and no one's allowed in and only your nurse is allowed in yeah. and they're not allowed to. You know, you got your own wash bay. Yeah. That was us. Yeah. And um, I remember them talking to us and saying, you know, the kidney specialist, she's probably going to need a kidney transplant oh. sometime before she's probably age six to eight, maybe early and right. later, just depending. Um, we already knew that she was going to have a vision problem because they do the regular eye checks yep. in the nursery. And so we had already been told one of her eyes probably doesn't have any vision, you know, 
yeah. the other one should be okay. Mm. It's not really that much, but it's, you know, at that time that was all they could tell us. Yeah. Um, and then also the, the um, some of the doctors kind of, they gave us the stats of saying, okay, one baby born at this gestation has no disability. Um, eight babies born at that gestation have mild issues right. at, you know, at seven or eight years old when they have the follow-ups and there's one baby with severe disability. Mm, right. Mm. That was kind of all they could tell us. But, you know, they would say it's more than likely that there'll be something. Yeah. Mm. But they didn't really say what. Yeah. Mm. And what were you thinking when they were saying all that? Um, at the time, I don't actually remember about the disability. I remember the kidney specialist coming. Yeah. And I remember being absolutely hysterical. Mm. And I'm not really a hysterical person. No, yeah. And it never was in any of our appointments after that when we saw her. I'm sure she was thinking, oh, my goodness, this parent is going to be <laughs> no, difficult. I'm sure she was. But I remember just thinking and saying to her, if she survives this week, yeah. Then we will deal with whatever comes. Yes. But at the moment, you can't even I don't even know if she's going to survive this week. Yes. yes. Very and true. that fear of her dying mm. was so ingrained in me for such a long time afterwards. Yes. I was like oh, of course. crazy about, you know, germs oh, and hygiene yes. and people coming over and yes. any little infection could kill her. And yes. yep. quite a while to realise, you know, actually... She might not die if she gets a cold. Yeah. She might be okay. But yeah. that fear from the nursery, because in the nursery, every little infection yes. is life-threatening. That's yep. right. People yep. don't understand that. And a massive setback. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I must admit, when I see people with newborn babies, and I did this with my first children, like, you know, two days after they're born and they're at the shops, and I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? They've got no immune systems. Or, you know, but mm. it, that's what it's like when you have a term baby. But it's once you've had a baby that's preterm, you realise even term babies are vulnerable. You know, are vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just. And I would never now have a baby in anywhere other than a tertiary level yep, hospital. Totally. An intensive care unit. Yeah. Because oh. Absolutely. You just never know. Nope. That's what I did with Miss Nine. I was like, care. I'm not going to the local nope. private hospital, mm-hmm. not in a million years. And and all my friends that went there, yeah. I was just scared for them. I know. And they, it's but you don't say it's that. It's like a lovely resort that they have with lovely yeah. food. But I was like, who cares? Oh, no. It yeah. has to have It has Niku. to have yeah. Niku. And even if, and it, even if had... you can't go to that one, it still has to be there. Yeah, it has to have yeah. all the specialists yeah. all the time. They don't have to ring them up. They're no, there. that's right. And sorry to freak you out if you don't feel like that as a pregnant woman. I know it's your choice in your body. Yes, This that's is just right. three mothers who've had very different experiences. So yeah. for us, that's what we would do. Yeah. And we had even thought about, oh, would we move the girls from the yes. main, the big hospital yeah. to a smaller private yes. hospital? And I'm so glad that we didn't because oh, yeah. there's no way they would have been set up to deal no, with that no. big collapse that no, Ashley had. No, they wouldn't have. So she true. got... You know, since then we've been in emergency and you look at the resuscitation steps and you kind of see how far she got through yeah. all of the steps and you just think, oh, horrifying to think about. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, very. My goodness, you must they have had nightmares. There's no years. way they would have been no. equipped to deal with her. No. no I but just then, you know, she – Sorry, sorry? No, you keep going. I was going to say, but then she, she recovered. So she went from being on the ventilator at death's door and a week later they extubated her. She didn't even go back on CPAP. She went back out to special care. <laughs> I'm fine, Mum. Like, just kidding. Bay two, here I come. <laughs> Breakdown, child. 
Oh my gosh. I wanted to ask about, uh, also I want to say that you could have your own podcast. Yes, you really okay. could. <laughs> so, the story could go on for a long yes, time. I might need to go and get the child from school and then come back. Yes. <laughs> Continue so, with the story. Exactly. So I don't want, I, I, I loathe feeling like I'm rushing people through this because we've had 27 episodes, yeah. right? So, um, but oh, I just also want to ask, how was Emma uh, through all of this? Who was looking after her? Were you seeing her? What, yes. What was that so like? So when I, I think that was a big trauma for her yes. because she is quite an anxious child mm. and possibly not as neurotypical mm. as initially yep. thought. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of vanished overnight and went yes. into hospital and because yes. she had gastro, she couldn't come and see me for days and days. Oh, yes. yes. So I think she just thought, oh, well, she's just gone, gone. to this place. <gasps> yes. yes. And no then, FaceTime. No. 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 Um, so she would come sometimes, but I I was so torn because when I was with the babies, I wanted to be with Emma. Yes. When I was with Emma, I wanted to be with yes. the babies and I just felt like oh. torn in all yeah. the different oh, directions. I feel like you're failing everyone. Everyone. Yeah. 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 So we in once things got into a routine, so Murray had to go back to work. Like of course, yeah. When Ashley was in hospital for five months. There's yeah. no, no, yeah. you know leave that goes that long so we when she was stable we kind of had a routine where um I think Monday Wednesday Friday I would stay home with Emma in the day and then go and visit the girls in the evening which yep. is a nice time to go to the nursery yeah it's quiet yeah. go in yeah it's quiet get them both out have a nice long yeah. cuddle just yeah. and just sit there for ages with them and there's yep. no nosy um, parkers all the yeah. people's yeah. visitors going hmm, Cleaners, what's going on over yeah. there no yeah. one's there yeah, yeah. And then in that way, on the other days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think my mum or Murray's mum looked after Emma right. and then I could go during the day because you still want to be there yes. and you know, pin down the doctors and you ask do. them questions and find yes. out what's going on. Yes. Um, and were you expressing milk as well during all this or? Yes, I was. Oh. I'm not, <laughs> See, not people a very, don't know. I don't oh, so produce much. a lot of milk. Oh. But thankfully, Ashley's feed started out at one mil every four yes, hours. So yes. even I could keep up with that. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah, well, that's something to be a bloody very proud, proud of. of. Yeah. Yep. I actually expressed for a whole year. Wow. Because I was, I was kind of crazed in thinking yeah. the magical yes. immunity problem. Yes. 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 Yep. And but once when you it get it going, it's very hard to stop. You just, there's... You know. Well, in the end, there really, really wasn't that much. But then my dilemma, while the ever for the whole time they were in the nursery, I had enough milk yep. to fully feed them. Well yep. done. Once Audrey came home and I was feeding her, I didn't really have any to express. Yeah. So were you breastfeeding her or putting her in I a bottle? I did initially. Or, yeah. And then when Ashley came home, I was like, how do I decide oh. who gets the milk? Yep. So in the end, I, was, I just decided I'm going to express yep. and yep. split it between them yep. and yep. then formula perfect yeah and then that's what I did for a yep. year yeah good job wow yeah. so I don't know if you can appreciate the exhaustion that Alison's talking about here because she had three children under, under the age three. of two or whatever yeah yeah under the age of two yeah two preemie babies that require yeah. a lot more work even when they come home and then she was expressing milk I know what a woman so these are super super women yes that's just, right you just I don't... didn't get up for the 2 a.m pumping session that's okay no um, we'll forgive you <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're being naked. Oh, because you're probably up just walking around with the baby screaming anyway. Yeah, and then the next one screaming. Mm. Can I just go back a step just to hit, um, 
can we find RPA on YouTube or something? Can people look? I don't know. I'll have a look. See yeah. if it's I don't still think there. So, but it might be on. Um, I don't know if it's on Nine Now. Or yeah, yeah, you know. Let's see if I'll we can have a look. find it. We... Yeah, and then the peas can go back and watch. But yeah. I definitely watched it and oh, before I knew you. And um, I remember, I, yeah. I remember Kate talking about you. Yeah, because I didn't have anybody that had had twin to twin transfusion. Like yeah. there was no. And your boys must have been one or something. I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, mine I can remember seeing a discussion in Essential Baby of people discussing, "Do you think those twins are going to make it on that <gasps> TV show?" Allison! Oh, I think they might. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Oh. Was that in the disability section or the twin section? No, it was probably in the. It was probably in the prem baby the section. Prem section. Yeah, Maybe, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Dear, yep. dear. I suppose they didn't realise you were in there, but still, be careful what we write. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what day did they? Were they both home? How many days of Nick? Um, well, after so when they were ten weeks old, yep, was when Ashley had her second yes. collapse and yep. ended up back in intensive care. A couple of weeks after that, Audrey came home. So yep. eighty-seven days on their due date. Yep. yep. But Ashley didn't come home for another two months yes. because she still only weighed just over a kilo. Yes. Um, the thing with that uh, that week when she was so sick, because the kidney specialist from Westmead's Hospital got involved, they kind of changed a few things around and said, right, as a kidney patient, you need to give her this, this and this. She needs right. to switch this formula. She needs to be on this extra calories to gain weight. Right. Um, all that kind of thing. So it was from then it was just a very, very slow process of growing and gaining yep. weight. She had terrible reflux. I remember yeah. a nurse trying to feed her and then somehow I don't know she I don't know if she was holding Ashley, but she was also holding her hospital gown with a little puddle of milk in it from where <laughs> Ashley had hoiked the whole thing <laughs> yeah. back up into yeah. her lap. Yeah. Um yeah. So feeding her was Always Hard. a challenge. Yeah. Um, but then she also she also got an inguinal hernia because, mm. you know, why not yeah, have something else thing, yeah. and need to go and have um have that surgically repaired before oh. she could come home. Oh. Um and even that that was an eye opener because at uh, at our hospital, Ashley had been the sickest baby. But then when you go to a surgical NICU, yes, there's Everybody, like, we were just one of many. And by that stage, she was stable-ish and in for minor surgery and, you know, not the focus of attention. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. Wow, yeah. Yeah, you sort of walk around with a different, with your eyes open again. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're in in with a different group of people. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, And they weren't all little babies either. They were the surgical babies. Yeah, Yeah. Yep. yep. So what weight did she get to before you could get her home? I think she probably came home when she was about 2.2-ish kilos. Yeah. Yeah. So well, some babies can come home a bit smaller, but yes. she just couldn't feed. And yeah. we actually came home and she was almost impossible to feed. Oh. And after a couple of days, I had to ring them and say, I can't feed this child. Yes. Yeah. Which is the most frustrating thing yes. ever because that's your job as yes, the mother to feed is. the child and yes. when the child will not be fed. Yes. Um, so she she wasn't very good at sucking and yeah. Um, and she was exhausted because she was yeah. so tiny and yeah, had kidney failure and was sickly. She yeah. just she didn't have the stamina for it. No. Um, so then we went back to the nursery for a couple of days. Um, 
to I think to practice feeding but in the end they just they gave her a nasogastric tube mm. and said you know it's September there's RSV in the nursery just take her home yeah. wow because they had seen everything that we had been through yes. with her I think they're just like just take her home and yep. stay there where it's safe and yeah yeah feed her in the tube yep yeah so we did bottle we did persist with bottle feeding for probably about maybe I want to say a year but I'm not sure mm. um but, you know, you would feed her. She would vomit a lot back mm. up. Yep. You'd feed some. Mm. Um, it was an exhausting cycle. And poor Audrey was just, I would feed her first. Mm. You'd be like, quick, quick chug this. Burp, get yeah. down, put you on the ground. <laughs> and Next then one. Yep. just put her down and then spend an hour. Yes. Trying to yes. Trying yes. To it's so tiring. Yeah. Oh, you must have been exhausted. Who helped you? I don't you? actually remember a lot Who from that you? first year. Did you have people um, helping you? We did. So my mum and Murray's mum would have helped us. Yeah. I have vague memories. At some point towards the end of not long after they came out of hospital, a lovely lady from our old church yeah. um, started coming once a week to fold the laundry. Uh, awesome. Oh, Bless her. Her husband had been diagnosed with cancer oh. around the time the girls were born right. and he had died around the time that they came home. Wow. So maybe it was the year after he started coming. So we would have the same conversation every week that consisted of we have no control over anything. Yes. You, know, you know, we were both kind of a bit shocked. Yes. And so, you know, when you're in that state, you don't want to be around yes. the shiny happy people (laughs) so yeah you were something for her and she was something for you yeah Yeah. and she's lovely yeah Um, and she came for a good few years I think oh what a gift play with Emma and you know fold the laundry once a week and just made such a difference and I mean at the time we did have lots of other we had all the church casseroles yeah did you get lots of lasagnas well uh well I have um my own medical thing, which means I have to have low salt food. Oh. So, <laughs> no means. <laughs> well, you can, but it's it's pretty bland and tasteless <laughs> so, when you can't add salt. So, but we we did have um, meals and things oh, like yes. that. Yes. We've said it before, and we'll say it again. Churches, when this sort of thing happens, oh, just, they rise to the top. They really do. Yep. Yeah. They bring yeah. the food. They do bring the food. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was quite neurotic about who yes. could have access and yeah. who could see the babies because they, you know, been so sickly. And then yeah. I felt like it's my job to keep them alive. Yes, which is high Ashley. alert. It's yeah. high yeah. alert all the time for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's okay. I think people, some people, find that hard to understand because they just yes. want to come in, hold the babies. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. I mean, you just become mother bear. You're like, no, sorry. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you have to give people who've had children that are sick or preemie, it has to be no strings attached. No, giving. exactly. You yep. just hand that lasagna over and walk away or you yep. just leave it on the porch, yep. you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're not coming in for cuddles. We're no. not coming in to have a big long chat. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just wait 10 years and we'll talk to you then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you got by that first year. Did you have a big first birthday or? Uh, no, we actually had their Thanksgiving service oh, yeah. on their first birthday oh. and we hadn't got around to having one for Emma either. So we did all three of them oh, <laughs> together nice. for the girls' first birthday because yeah. I really felt like 
you know, they're alive. Yeah. I think more more than their first birthday, I think their first Christmas, I think one of the first times the five of us went to church oh. was for a Christmas carol service. Oh, and I remember cross. thinking Special. this could have been so different yes. this Christmas. We oh, could Alison. have four children and yes. grief. Yes. yes. And five of us are alive. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. I remember feeling that a lot. Just such a different outcome than you sort of don't dare to hope that you're going to have. And then, yeah, mm. beautiful, beautiful. And so then was there, did you have all the horrible milestones and when did you realise that maybe... Well, Ashley was so far behind yep. that the milestones didn't even come into yeah. play. Yeah, yep. Um, and we went, we kind of went straight from the nursery to having appointments at the kids' hospital because yes, of her kidneys. We, right. was, yep. I, we were having weekly appointments. Yeah. Oh, my when, goodness. When she was first home from the nursery, so I had a two-year-old and the twins. Oh. I used to book, they have volunteers at the kids' yes. hospital. I yeah. would ring up and book a volunteer and say, come and help me. Yes. And yes. they would just wander around with Emma. Emma would say, can, you, can I go home with you? <laughs> <laughs> Today, yes. Yeah. Feel <laughs> yeah. free. So my mum's just um, got these two babies that cry all the time, so can yeah. I go to your house? Yeah. I feel like I feel like I probably looked like a bit of a crazed woman yeah. rushing in late to appointments, yes. looking wild. Like, like that for so and many you years. would would say to the the specialist, she's really hard to feed. Uh, but it wasn't until one day when I was attempting to feed her in front of the specialist that they're like, Oh, what is going on there? Uh, That's not a happy baby. Uh, uh, I think they just think so, that all mothers exaggerate. Yeah, and we really well, don't. I think that it's common for kidney kids not to feed well right. and to right. Okay, That's a very common thing. Okay. But the yep. whole arching your back, yes. violent reflux yeah. of preemie babies, especially yes. preemie babies with cerebral palsy, yes. is a different category altogether. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I kind of don't remember a lot of that first year of did appointments. Did you have an and ultrasound on her brain or something or an MRI or when did they sort of say say about CP? Um, so they had um, ultrasounds at four weeks in the nursery yep. and again at, I don't know, is there another, do they have them at the end of the first week or four weeks or whatever, whenever the standard ones are. And they mm. were always clear. There was no mm. brain bleeds. Right. And I, we were like, oh, their brains will be fine. Yeah. Oh, yep. Good. So it's not until later that you realise someone can have a terrible ultrasound and actually have quite minimal disability. Yes. Yeah. Have quite a good looking brain ultrasound and still have yes, significant disability. That's right. Yep. yep. So I think our, our path to diagnosis was when she came home from the nursery, we knew about the vision. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we knew about the kidneys. So it was kind of like we just kept adding things. Yeah, so yeah. the first thing we knew about was, okay, she's going to have vision problems in one eye. Okay, she's got vision problems and she's got kidney problems. Yeah. Okay. And then at the end of the first, you know how when you have a very preemie baby, they have follow-up clinics. So mm, yeah. four months, eight months, 12 months, two yeah. years, blah, blah, blah. When we went to the 12-month one, they just were very business-like. It's like they knew they were going to diagnose her that day. Mm, yeah, okay. I didn't know that that was going to happen. No. Um, but she had not met any milestones. Like she just lay on the floor, mm. couldn't even hold her head to midline at that stage. Mm. And 
just basically vomited and screamed like a little cat, mm-hmm. a wild cat yeah. cry yeah, that she had. Pain. Because of, yeah, the reflux and everything. Yeah. Um, So she was diagnosed at 12 months um, with cerebral palsy Mm -hmm. and they um, estimated her um, GMFCS level, which Mm -hmm. Mandy will know about, Mm -hmm. as a level five, which is the most severe. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But she's actually ended up being around a three. Three. I was going to say she looks like a three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Than originally predicted, Mm. which... You know, I kind of like that the doctors were a bit wrong yeah. in there. Because <laughs> we had one neonatologist from before they were born who would occasionally help out my, no, not a neonatologist, the pregnancy doctor. Yep. Would occasionally help out the high-risk pregnancy doctor for the amnio reductions. Yep. And he was all like, I remember seeing him in the car park one day and him, you know, hearing about all the list of diagnoses and it's like he couldn't get away fast enough, yeah. you know, that bad outcome. Yeah. yeah. She's not, not yeah. a bad outcome. She's, oh. she's delightful and yes. we love her and yes. we don't care. She's alive. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and we're so thrilled. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we found out about cerebral palsy when she was 12 months old mm. and then... Did you go headlong into therapies or...? We did. We were already having hospital physiotherapy yeah. every week or every fortnight. So we did that for a while. And then I think you have to get out of the hospital system by age two maybe and yeah. go with a service provider. Yeah. So we went to Cerebral Palsy Alliance and had some physio and some OT assessments there, I think. Mm. Yeah. And we were also having vision therapy. So mm. um, the Royal Institute for Deaf and Blind Children right. used to come once a week or once a fortnight, and they came to our house. Awesome. And they were fantastic. Oh. I cannot sing their praises highly oh. enough. Sing it. They, they, just, they just kind of got Ashley. Like oh. I would see them working with her and they would kind of give her choices, like hold up two things, do you want this or do you want this? And I would see almost no reaction from her. Yeah. The slightest little thing of a reaction, they would respond to her and say, oh, yes, you've chosen this one. Do you know what I mean? I kind of really feel like they taught her the beginnings of communication and how to make choices. And and Ashley's first word ended up being row because she used to sing row, row, row your boat with her lovely vision therapist who used to come every week. So, yes, that ended up being her first first word. So we kind of did all of that therapy, vision therapy and physio, all those kind of things for yep. a few years mm. and we're also seeing the kidney specialists quite mm. regularly. Yeah. Keep an eye on the kidneys. I mean, that involves blood tests when you've got a highly, oh, yes. highly sensory small person who uh, just How did you do that? Oh. It was a multi-person event. Yeah. So I would almost have to lay across her and the other three limbs yep. while somebody else held the arm oh. and somebody else blood yeah. all the while she's screaming like a wild thing oh, yeah so traumatized I think she has had some medical significant probably medical trauma of course <gasps> without a doubt from the start of her life she yeah can, she can now tolerate having you know like a gas mask yes. for nitrous oxide yes. but in the beginning for a long time she just couldn't and it wasn't just like normal crying like a baby would cry no. it was absolutely terrifying yeah, yes. yes yes because 
people are always doing unpleasant things to her. My Molly yeah. has that too. Yeah. 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 Even the IV or putting, too. you know, this the water to clean, the flush, the thing in the arm, she just loses it. Yeah. Just little things See, Ashley's like that. really good with all that kind of stuff now. Blood things, she's fine. Yeah. So if we, if well, she's had to be. Yeah. The other kids are all whimpering like, no, no, don't take the IV out or yeah. don't yeah. give me an IV, give me the mask to yeah. go to sleep. She's like, no mask, IV. <laughs> It was time to leave. Like, can you take it out? Let's go. She's just like all business. She's such a professional. She and she doesn't bat an eyelid at blood tests now. She just keeps playing her iPad, sticks her arm out. Wow, we're done. Good, Good. let's go. So good. One of my favorite things about her is when you've posted on your Facebook page is her singing. Tell us about her singing. Yeah, (laughs) and waiting in the waiting room and just every song. Oh, she's just divine. Unstoppable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Tell us about like, what did you do for kinder? How did you get ready for school? Emma started at a lovely little local preschool, just a little private, small preschool run by a local church. So yep. they only had one class per day. Yep. And it was so beautiful. And the people there were so lovely. Mm-hmm. And so then obviously I'm like, well, my twins are coming here. Yeah. And they actually had a special needs teacher two days oh, a week. Wow. So pretty much Ashley was her responsibility. Right. It was the best experience of inclusive education oh. Ashley has ever had in her entire life. That's wow. the greatest. She loved Mrs. Cook and Mrs. Cook loved her. Oh. She just went to preschool with other kids, probably howled through a lot of it. Yeah. But, 
you know, she went. She, yeah. she loved it. In. Participated in things. Yeah. Um, so she, I think they went for Audrey started when she was three and then, but I think Ashley didn't start till she was four. Yeah, but right. because my girl's birthdays are in April. Right. Uh, we held them back for school. So they yeah. did another second year of four-year-old. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and yeah, preschool was lovely. That was such a lovely experience. It's nice mm-hmm. to look back and remember that, and because yeah. mine was quite similar, it was yeah. a lovely time. Yeah. They were together. Um, they had and help. people still recognise me in the, but I don't recognise them because I went back to work three days a week. Did you? Um, yeah. When they were at preschool, only because we needed the money. Money. Yeah, yes, yeah. of course twins, you did. Twins in preschool is expensive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, so Murray would do the drop-off and then I would whiz in early to pick them up before I had to do the school pick-up. Yes. So I didn't really see the parents, but people recognised Ashley. Yeah. And some people still recognise me from preschool and I just kind of smile and Smile and wave, people. I wasn't at the afternoon tea. remember anything. No. No, no. What about then school? Tell us about starting school. So our local um, public primary school has a support unit for um, children with physical disability. Excellent. So we just rolled up there and applied to go there. Um, There is a process and I think you apply to your local school and then they refer you to the panel and then the panel look at all of the children applying for all of the support units or the um, special schools. Right. And then – you know determine who can go where based on um your disability so some schools in new south wales the support units might be primarily physical support units or they might be mild intellectual or autism or i mean actually in the end has fitted all of the criteria Mm. yeah but my thinking um especially for high school is we'll go with the physical support unit because if we can't do the basics, like physically get into the building yeah. and yeah. be toileted yes. and all of those kind of things, then we've fallen at the first hurdle. Yes. Yep. So she went to the same school as her sisters Aww. for primary school. Lovely. What did that so mean to you? She was in the support unit. Oh, it was lovely. Mm. And it was like it's literally just up the road. Oh, oh. So easy. Imagine it, having an easy time. <laughs> yeah. And they have a uh, they have a, the pink driveway so you could drive in and – get the kids out, take them to their class and then drive off only ah. for the kids in the support unit. Ah, okay. Well, so good, you deserve was, that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. That's the least so, I can do. So, yeah, yeah. She, went, she went there and it was it was a lovely experience. Oh. I think it's a good fit for her. There are some people who are critical of support units. Yeah, I understand. Oh, there's Everyone's got their story of everything. Of everything. Yep. Yeah. But I really don't think that Ashley would cope in a mainstream class. Yeah. So... She also has an intellectual disability. Obviously, that takes longer to diagnose. Yeah, and, yep. and I don't even know when that got diagnosed. It must have been around school time because, yeah. you know, you need all those papers. For yes, this. yes. Um, and she's also on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Yep. And that was only diagnosed halfway through high, primary school because mm. I wanted more high school options. I thought, yes. you know, she fits the criteria for everything. If I've got the pieces of paper for everything, yeah. then I can pick the best school for her yeah but yeah it was lovely having them all at the same school yes. and, you know and, and even together. just like arriving on the first day yeah. of school just oh yeah what a moment would get here I really didn't think that she would no. survive no. no even no when she understands. came home I didn't think she would survive no. till no. 
glitch. Yeah. yeah. If you pe- people think- are listening, if you ever see someone starting school with twins or a child with a disability, you must go up to that mum and say, congratulations, congratulations, what a happy day. Yeah. You know, just it's don't ignore them. Day. Don't walk past because that is a moment. It is a moment. It's just you can't understand what it's like to think you weren't going to get it. Yep. And then get it. And I want to say to the people I know whose children didn't, who passed away and have been through that trauma, I understand that I don't get that either. Yeah. And, we're, and I'm right. thinking of you and yeah. I see that. But that it must does be make terrible. you think of those people too, it doesn't does. it? Yes. Because yep. we're here with our story. Yes. And there's other people who are, are walking school, in with their surviving you know, who twin. might have been yeah. meant to have somebody start that year or yep. another yes. year. Yes. Or yeah. with yep. a little twin or a triplet. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure. Missing. Yeah. I, you know, Alison, you probably know a few more twin to twin transfusion people now. And a lot of my twin to twin friends that I'm friends with didn't get their babies, hmm. you know. So, yeah. yeah. And I, every time I put something on Facebook or I, I'm just really mindful that um, other people's stories aren't the same. And I'm not saying we all have to be like that all the time, but I can't not think like that anymore, you hmm. know. It was actually funny the other day I put something on Facebook and someone wrote, um, oh, they don't even look identical, um, which always gets me. I was me. like, yes, they do. And then Alison came in and backed me up. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's the twin to twin mums hanging tight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Because mine really don't look identical. No. And I don't know why. I don't care what they look like. But when people no. say it, for some reason it hurts me. It's like they've taken away that part of their story. Yeah. Right? Which yep. is if they weren't identical, they wouldn't have had twin-to-twin transfusion. So it's actually a huge yeah. part of who they yeah. are. Yeah. Well, I don't know why yeah. it annoys me, but it does. Well, that's yeah. right. Well, I yeah. think there's that sense of loss. Not that, not that we think there's anything wrong with Ashley or that we are sad, but it's more that what she has lost and she doesn't even know it because my twins have had such a unique experience they don't know what it would be like to have typical twin relationship but I still think what could have been you know what could their relationship have been like yeah and that sort of twin relationship is celebrated in the world it is and so you know that so then when and oh, identical twins, identical twins. And then yeah, when and you have identical twins, and they both did the same job, and, and yep. they're not, and, yeah. and they're not what the world says they're meant to be like. Then that hurts yeah. because you're yeah. like yeah. you're you're saying that we're not this experience. Yeah, and that's part yeah. of the reason we started this podcast because we're yep. just sick of it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because every precious family's experience is is amazing, and your yes. story is so amazing. It is your babies, your twins lived, yes. and you get to cuddle them every yeah. day. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. what an amazing thing! Tell us about kin- her kidneys and what happened next. So, throughout her first five years, her kidney function was decreasing. Mm. So. Um, I think her creatinine was probably 150 or something Mm -hmm. when she came home from hospital, but then it would kind of jump, but then stabilize. So maybe it jumped to 250 and then it would stabilize for a bit. And then um, I remember the doctor saying, you'll come to a point where it will start to jump and it will keep jumping. Mm -hmm. And then that's when, you know, you get ready for transplant. Mm -hmm. So we knew probably end of so when she was still in preschool, that the transplant was 
coming because mm. um, the creatinine was rising. So at yep. that point, um, my husband and I both went and did the the first thing you do is a cross match to yep. see if you're compatible. Yeah. And to see because both parents will be a match. Yeah. But then there's two parts of the testing. So there's the the matching yep. and then also the cross match to make sure that you don't have antibodies yep. or that she doesn't have antibodies that will attack your organ that you're going to give her. Right. So we all passed first first round. Yep. Murray's a slightly better match. I know I'm a slightly better match than him. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll go and I'll do the transplant. So I did all the work up, passed all the tests, got the radiation in me and had the scans and all of that. Yeah. Um, we were booked to have her transplant in the November of 2011. Yep. So that would have been the year just before she went to school. Mm-hmm. But a month before transplant, you have a final cross match to check that there are no antibodies. Yep. And lo and behold, young miss had developed antibodies to me, oh, meaning right. that I couldn't give my kidney because she might attack it. Oh. And I think it might mean that I can never give the kidney because right. Right. even if things sub- might be subdued for a while, the immune system yeah, remembers it things does remember. and yeah. so it might yeah. attack anything that I gave her. Yeah. So screeching halts to our plans <sighs> and then changed track and then my husband went and he did the workup and got approved to give her a kidney mm. and um, gave her a kidney in March of 2012, which mm. was term two or term one of kindergarten. Mm. Right. Yeah, of course. And so she was five? She was six. a week off turning six. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so wow. five, yeah, when she had her kidney transplant. And how long was she in hospital? She was only in hospital for, I think, seven to ten days. She stayed in a little bit longer because of Murray's complications Mm. Um, so they let us stay because I was staying with her at the kids hospital Mm. and could just go down the corridor to visit him next door at the adults hospital. Oh right Uh, of course. But then they kind of get to a point because you're so immune suppressed in the beginning. Yeah. They just say you need to leave the hospital this is the riskiest place even though you're isolated and everything is still Mm. too risky. Yeah. Um, But her recovery was very unremarkable. Okay. She just recovered like the strong little being yeah, that she is. She's like, yeah, I'll take this kidney. And, um, has thrived and not looked back ever since. Wow. You know, her creatinine dropped straight away <gasps> from 500 to 30, I think. Amazing. And, um, and then six months after coming home, she was just so much more well. Like she yeah. didn't vomit at every feed like always this gagging and vomiting and sick and lack of but she just she was well and she was much more engaged and she just that everything kind of connected better and so six months after transplant she took her first steps on her own (gasps) yes um which was another thing that we thought would never happen um so yeah and she hasn't, she hasn't looked back. I mean, physically her cerebral palsy is having more of an effect on her now that she's older. Yes. And surgeries and stuff more are coming muscles up. muscles are changing and growing. Yeah. yeah. In terms of her um, thriving, yeah, since transplant she's been, she's been incredibly well. Oh. So tell us about the complications Murray had after the 
Oh, donation. I was watching it over Facebook, just couldn't believe it. Um, so he gave his kidney on the Thursday and then on the Saturday morning I got a call saying um, he's he's got pneumonia, he's in ICU. Oh. What, what just happened? And what we think happened, he has um, sleep apnea, oh, so yeah. he had his CPAP machine with him in the hospital, but usually when things go wrong, there's a chain of events. It's not yep. just one thing that happened. So mm. he'd had a kidney removed and it's your kidneys that break down morphine. Right. Uh. He was on morphine, which was being broken down more slowly because he'd dropped a kidney. Mm. Yep. And so he was more sedated. If you have sleep apnea, you're much more at risk of yes, basically becoming unconscious um, right. after in the days after surgery because of, yeah I don't know, something to do with, you know, sleep apnea and oxygen levels and all of that. Yeah. So we think that he had just become progressively more and more unconscious overnight mm. until at some point probably early in the morning he aspirated mm. and then I think things sped up quite a bit from there. So he um, obviously had very low oxygen levels mm. and when they – actually found him he was completely unresponsive oh, he had a oh gps of three awesome. um and you know how i knew how bad things were because the, i said he's very sick and i was like oh i know what that means oh. been here before with ashley and so when you're saying he's very sick i know that that means that you are oh doing everything gosh. that you can so he was to intensive care, intubated, oh. on a lot of oxygen, oh. um, quite unstable I think the first morning to the point that they were talking about maybe needing ECMO. But he stabilised um, quite quickly and I think he was on the ventilator for maybe a week wow. and then they were able to um, extubate him and it became quite apparent quite quickly that he had suffered from a hypoxic brain injury, oh, um, oh, had short-term memory loss mm. and executive function, those kind of things. Mm. Just, yeah, wow. And you're still dealing with Ashley in recovery, in recovery and your other girls at home. Yes, oh. and it was Emma's birthday too, the day that Murray had his brain injury. Oh, I was just goodness. like, that cannot be her story. Oh, no. It cannot be her story that no. he dies on her birthday. Oh, no. Um, no. So um, I don't really, I assume my sister was looking after the other girls yep. at the time because <laughs> usually when things go wrong, that's what happens. Yes. Yep. Carolyn yes. just like, take it, takes over the rest of life. Oh, um, beautiful. And, yeah, then so Mario was in hospital. He was in ICU for a week and then I think he went to the ward for two or three weeks maybe and then went to rehab for a couple of months or maybe two months rehab. Um, But after you had a transplant, though, you have quite a strict regime of blood tests. So for the first, I can't remember how long it goes for now, but for the first month I think it's daily blood tests. Yep because they have to keep such a close eye on everything. And then you graduate to every two days mm-hmm. and then you graduate to maybe three times a week. And once you get to three times a week, you think, oh, what a relief. We're not here every day. Mm. And then once you get to once a week, that's just like amazing. Yeah. 
So that was all going on at the same time as oh. Murray was in rehab, you know, 45 minutes away. And of course. All the, you know, juggling. So you yeah. had her life being saved and his yeah. life in the balance. And I don't think that the doctors really quite realised the significance of what had happened yeah. until I took Murray for an appointment once and had Ashley with me. Yeah. And you could kind of see, you could kind of see them thinking, oh, okay, this, yeah. this is not, this is not good. No. Um, My gosh. And I know people listening will have questions about that whole thing and there's some questions I probably can't answer. Yeah. But I do need to say in defence of the hospital, when things go wrong, in general, hospitals do investigate it yeah. and try to find out what happened. And so they did that and they made significant changes right. to their processes and policies. So it wasn't, that was my big concern is like, what if this is just swept under the carpet? Yeah, and they're yes. just like, you know, but they didn't, they, it was investigated thoroughly and significant changes were made don't ever expect morphine at our local hospital because you won't get it mm. in your PCA because of us. Wow. Um, yeah, nobody gets it now. It was like across the board right. change that they made and, yeah, some other things. I can't remember now what all of the changes were. Oh, well, I mean, that's good. But so, also you went through a lot of trauma for that to happen. Yeah. But, mm. I mean, the main thing is you don't want it to happen to someone no, else. No, no, you don't. No. Yeah. No. So then he, you had him recovering at home once he got yep. back from rehab. Yep. Yep. Unable but he to work. was a computer programmer, so he's not back. He didn't return to work. Of course yeah. not. Because you need your short-term memory yes. and yes. your executive functioning skills yes. to yes. do that kind of that yes. kind of work. Yeah. Um, so he, he doesn't work. Did you keep working then? Um, I was working three days a week at that stage, but I very quickly dropped down to one yes. one day a week, mm. and it's only a small hour, like one five hour yeah, day of work. Still great. And honestly, I think my employer has forgotten that I exist. So you know the big the big <laughs> upper echelons. I don't yeah. think they know I exist. <laughs> I just keep working. They just keep paying Pain me. You. Yep. Yeah, that's okay. Every time there's a restructure, I say to my colleagues, "Well, it's been nice knowing you." <laughs> <laughs> and they just leave you but there. But I'm still here because oh. <laughs> they've forgotten that I exist. Well, um, I think in the current economic climate, yes. lots of money is being lost from higher education. So yeah. I think the next restructure, I will probably get the chop. But right. I've had a good run. Yeah. I really can't complain. Oh, oh. oh. oh, oh my goodness. So, so now how old is everyone? Yeah. So Emma is 16 mm -hmm. and Ashley and Audrey are 14 mm. teenagers. Yeah. So three it's a whole new, girls. you know, you're in a different phase now with teen, three teenage girls all at different levels. Oh, yes, levels. the eldest is learning to drive. Yes, oh, I saw oh, that. Yes. Horrifying. Uh, just firstly, I just need you to tell the story about catching the bird and then what they would get if they caught the oh, bird. Okay? Because yes. that's my favourite story I've ever heard. <laughs> So you tell that to everyone. My Emma is obsessed with birds, has always loved birds and has always tried to catch them when yeah. we're out places. And then somehow she got me to agree that she could have a budgie if she a bird. So then she set about trying to catch a bird and eventually she caught this filthy pigeon at the beach one day. But she, she cheated. She trapped it. Like they trapped it between two garbage bins. And then, uh, Anyway, so she got her she got her two budgies. 
Um, I've since gotten rid of them, though. I gave them to the lovely guy who does our lawns. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was so funny. They do flick a lot of seed around the old bike. And then didn't didn't she want a dog? Well, I had already been thinking about getting a dog for Ashley. And so jokingly said, ha-ha, you have to catch a duck. And so then she caught a duck. She caught a duck. (laughs) (laughs) Literally a sitting duck. It was just sitting on the bench there and she grabbed it and claimed, you know, claimed victory. I just love those stories. Oh. We love the dog. He's yeah. a big sock. And oh. he's not Ashley's dog at all. It's not the kid's dog. He's my dog. Yeah, I know. He's asleep on my bed right yes, now. Yes, it's a friend and it it's is. non-judgmental. And, yeah. oh, and they know when you're sad they and they just come know. and snuggle in. Yes. Oh, just the best It's a cavoodle, therapy. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh. We're all oodle people. We're all oodle people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls are at high school. Tell us yes. what, what's high school like. Um, so well, they're at different schools now. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. my oldest went to high school, um, she we went to the private system, yep. which is a whole new world for me because yeah. I'm a public school girl right. through and through. Yep. Um, but anyway, they're at a private school. And I changed Audrey at that time as well right. yep. in grade five. Yep. It was all about the bus. The yep. two, I yes. figured the oldest, they're more likely to go if there's two of them going to the same place. Yes. Yep. At the same time on the yeah. bus. So they switched to that school. Ashley stayed at the local primary school in the support unit there. And then there's that kind of feeds into another um, a high school uh, which has a physical disability support unit. Right. And it's really like the primary school is maybe 500 metres away but and the high school is maybe six minutes to drive, I think, oh, instead of fantastic. one minute to drive. So yeah, good. she just went there and a lot of the friends of her – um, yep. Primary school go there as well. Mm. Oh, good. Actually, there's not not that many from her year, but yeah. So there's people that she knows there. Yeah. And she really, she she really wouldn't cope in a mainstream classroom. Yes. No. She would yeah. learn nothing, and mm. she would she would know she wasn't quite keeping up. So yes. she would be deliberately distracting, and she would sing, or she would. <laughs> yes. She loves to she sing. Would, she would <laughs> do something to, you know. Get no, the attention, yeah. but yeah. Oh, I think so. It, inclusive education doesn't have to mean that everybody's in the same room, but I think it means that yeah. everybody has a spot and they can choose where they want to go and they get supported. So it's, you know, there's no right or yeah. wrong. It's no. easy to say it's right or wrong till it happens to you. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. I'm and sure. also most of the children who are in mainstream that I see have just a physical disability and so it's completely appropriate that they are in mainstream. I feel like when you have a physical and and intellectual intellectual Ashley has she's very low has a very low vision. Yes. As well as being on the autism spectrum. She's not toilet trained. Yes. I mean these are the realistic but unglamorous sides of this world. Yes. She needs to be somewhere where they can cater yeah, she's for her. safe, yeah. It's in a small class. There's only like eight kids, yeah. a teacher and an aide. So yeah. Just, yeah. it's a better environment. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're all, they've all got their own little thing. So yes. Yeah. This oh. person's obsessed with that and they all know what each other's, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> thing is. <laughs> how did you, I know you're in Sydney, so you're, all the girls are back to school, but how did you cope with the, when we were first locked down and you had to do remote learning? Um, the other two were fine. They yep. just learnt, um, 
did theirs all online. Their school's very well set up, already had a platform. So there's like one platform to log into. Great. All the work's there. Yep, great. The system's already set up and great. working. Yep. Um, Ashley's school has a few, uses a few different systems. Mm. So there's, you know, a bit of Google Classroom, a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah. A bit yep. of the other. Yeah. Um, we didn't even do, I just got some things off the internet. Yeah. Another friend of mine is a primary school teacher. She gave me the the pack, the workbook pack for the local grade three or four class, and we just did a bit of that. Yeah, we we did have rather a few pupil free days. Yeah, <laughs> and even the days that we did schoolwork, we really only did a bit of English, a bit of maths, yep. and yep. then we went for a walk yeah, to the park. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That was that was it, and it. Yeah. If you're a working parent yeah. and you have to give your child constant assistance for mm. school, yeah. you just can't do you it. Can't. No, you can't it's do impossible. it. It's impossible and people it's don't not. understand that. No. People do not yeah. understand. No. I so just, I think yep. a lot of um, Ashley's classmates' parents are working yeah. Yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were the superstars of homeschooling for our half an hour a day or you know, one hour a day. <laughs> you're, like, you're like the gold star Getting family. a huge pat on, pat on the back and I was thinking, we are really not doing a lot. Um, so, yes, we in New South Wales are back at school at the moment. The yes. current cluster is very close to us. Mm, scary. But the numbers are low. Yeah. So we're It seems to be not doubling or anything. that it's under mm, control. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, just wear masks. Just, That's what I say. Just wear them. Oh, we've already we've already been wearing, and we're not yeah. we're not really going anywhere other anyway, than school. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but yeah. now yeah. that it's a, a bit more active, because yeah. Ashley's immune suppressed yes. and will be yep. immune suppressed for the rest of her life, yeah. we've really pulled back and just yeah, it's you know, scary. I, I yeah. walk the dog. I take my kids to school. I go to gross, get groceries. That's about the extent of it. Yeah, yep. it sounds yep. like our life. Yep. Yeah. Except we're not taking anyone to school. <laughs> yeah and that it makes a huge difference the fact that they're still going to school yeah yeah, yeah right so much more manageable yes. yes it's pretty I had an iPad thrown at me yesterday so I caught it but it just... all that netball training paid off <laughs> it's not it's not fun no it's no, not fun no. it's not fun but also we're safe we're safe yeah and we're very yep. grateful have have we missed anything Alison I know we could talk to you forever Mm. I don't know I feel like there probably has been things that we've missed but I can't think of what they are yeah one thing I did want to ask is that um you've managed to keep your faith or what I oh I can see that in you can can you tell us a little bit about that I think for me the thought that this is all random is too much I need to believe that there is a God who is in control who knows Ashley and mm. made her just as she is. Yes. And, do you know what I mean? Yes. And has has a plan for her, has a plan for us. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yep. comforting. Yeah. 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 Yep. And have have you been able to stay active in your church? Like attending um, and we how, have, how have the girls cope? Do they go to youth group or what? how do they help with Ashley? Emma and Audrey go to youth group. Yeah. Ashley, they have kind of Sunday morning groups up until year seven at our church yeah. and then most kids go to year eight. Well, from year eight up, you just attend youth group or yeah. a Bible study type yeah. group. Yeah. So they're all open to Ashley attending, but she doesn't really like it. No. <laughs> loud. Yes, loud. 
Um, even she attended the kids' club, and they, but it still kind of happened around her yes, rather than that's her what I've fully observed. participating. Yes, yes, and um, they're accepted, but they're not in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a Friday night, and I just want to get her showered and in her pajamas. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so she doesn't attend youth. I mean, if she wanted to, yeah, and they they would they would make it happen. Yes, but of course. She doesn't really want to. Yeah, I don't have the energy. No, and I think having support workers is a double edged sword mm. because yes. they're fantastic. Yes, but they kind of make you realise how much you're doing yes yes and it was before that I would just do everything yes. and it was no problem mm. now we have support workers come in a couple of days a week mm. and they help and they're fantastic but yep. it makes me realize how different mm. life could look if we weren't do you know what I mean we're yeah. quite constrained by Ashley's routine by yes. medications yes. by yeah. you know the physicality a lot of people are finding the pandemic you know very restrictive I'm like oh we kind of live like this that's yeah. right. a sure lot do. of the time it's you not sure I mean it is different but it's not that different no to it's not and it is still how we normally live yes and yeah. even having friendships and you're not I'm assuming not necessarily you know just rocking around to friends house for dinner on a Saturday night or you know because yeah. then and also I mean, set up or yeah friendships change a husband with a brain injury yes. as well so I have friends but Murray doesn't really have that many friends anymore because it's and then you can't really make new friends because yep nothing the other husband's going to have a very limited conversation with Murray and it's just it's not yeah not the same no 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 well I hope you keep getting those five hours of work yes yeah I know it's nice to have that little bit of something for you isn't it for you yeah, but I've worked from home for a long time, so it's not oh, really. I don't you don't go out. Uh, oh. Other than the money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the, you know. I mean, I could. My boss would like me to go into the office, but it's just too. It's tricky. It yeah. makes the day too long. Yeah, yeah the travelling. Yeah. With school and yeah. school pick up and school drop up. And if, as is kind of common, if I forget to send, you know, the feeding tube or something yeah. to school. Yes. At least if I'm here, I can just. Just quickly yeah. do it. Yeah. Or if they call and say she's sick, I'm mm. just, you know. Yeah, get, you're not having there. to call into work. Mm. Yeah. So are people yeah. in Sydney back at work in offices as well? Well, some are and some have been for a while. Okay. I think it depends on the business. Mm. I wouldn't want to be. I'm not going back. No, well, I don't. no one's back in, obviously. No one's been back in Victoria since March. Office workers have been home. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they're is, not going back, I don't not think. not going back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mandy and I are living no, with constant. Miss Nine's going to be sleeping in the lounge room for 27 years. Constant Zoom calls. and Oh, my oh, gosh. Just don't realise how loud you chat when you're on a Zoom call, when you're not the person I that's know. doing the conversation. Well, Darren, this morning, and I accidentally opened the vacuum cleaner thing and all the stuff dumped all over my shoe. Well, Molly laughed so loud. And he comes out and he's like, what? <laughs> just silly things like that. You're like, we are a loud family. Yeah, yeah, well, you can't. There's just nothing yep. you can do. No, and the children. Well, we don't... are thinking of um, converting our garage into like a rumpus roomy kind yes, of thing for the teenagers because our house is so echoey and yes. loud. Yes, yeah, you can hear everything throughout the whole place. Yeah, yep. that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh goodness, yep. we're just. I don't know. We're just all staying home, <laughs> aren't we? So you just yep. you realise the pockets of your house that are great and the pockets that have weaknesses. It's really obvious during yes, the pandemic. Yes, it is. 
It so, is. Yeah. E.g. bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Or before we're recording, you probably couldn't hear this, but there was a chicken pecking at the door. There was, Alison. <laughs> when you first started, it was just this peck, 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 peck. peck. I had to like text the sound engineer like, and go, knocking on the there's door? a chicken at the door. So I heard him go out. And... <laughs> anyway, this is life in the burbs. The chickens, they're living their best life during the pandemic. Everyone's oh, home. They're like, come and oh. feed us. Well, Alison, thank you. <laughs> thank you. For thank sharing you. your story and being a super P and supporting super us from the podcast and yeah. listening, yeah. coming to our live show. Thank you. Thanks for being my friend and cheering me on over the last 10 or so years. Yep. And um, I will always cheer you on too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and upcoming surgeries for Ashley. Mm. Yeah, Um, November. was meant to be in May. Right. So it's going to be a calf. Is that what you said? Uh, No. Oh, no, no. Bigger than that. Mm. Um, Is the osteotomy? Bilateral hip osteotomies and one derotation. Yep. Bilateral calf lengthening and... Uh, foot reconstruction. Yes. Okay. Oh, Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Big. Yeah. Huge. Are they going to do all that at once? Yeah, I think they are. Oh wow, that's a lot. Oh well, the Sydney peas yeah. will make you low salt lasagnas. I'm yes, sure. I think we can yeah. call out yep. for that. Hey, yeah, that will be the fine. Sydney peas yeah. can help. The Sydney peas. Will help. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to be in hospital for a while, and that's yeah. a big recovery. I know. Yeah, and the osteotomies. Yeah. 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 Molly had the osteotomy when she was six, just one. Yeah, and then the foot yep. reconstruction two years ago. So yep. and the calf had lots of calf stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, mm. it's not nice. No, well, we'll be yeah updating the peas. Yeah, and Maddie and I'll still be in lockdown, so we're not gonna do anything. <laughs> we will. We'll be here. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day and it was like, does Santa know before he comes to Victoria he's got a quarantine for 14 days? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when he leaves. Oh, we're not letting him in. He's got, yeah, both, I suppose. <laughs> Too funny. Anyway, have you got a cry difference laugh, Alison, or did you not want to do that? Um, I'm not really as much of a crier. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I'm also very much a perimenopausal woman. Oh. So I have. Rage. Yeah. Oh, we need oh, a rage your section. Rage. We need a rage what section. Rage? We okay, do. go. You are the inaugural rage yeah. person. Well, I don't know that I've got a specific thing. Oh. It's just general. Okay, Everything yeah. in it set you up. It's a crazy time of life. It really oh, – and when you combine that with hormonal teenagers yes, and being it's a bad timing. and it's, yes. it's – yes, it's – it's an interesting Caring for time. your husband and your children. Yeah. Yep. It's massive. Yep. Okay, so rage. Yep. What about anything? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go with a cry we'll then. Go. Yep. I haven't yep. cried either. I feel like I'm back to Mandy 2007 or something. It's flat. I'm flat. Yeah. And, and when I think, oh, you think that's something to cry about, I'm like, that's nothing to cry about. Yeah. You know, so I don't like that, Mandy, because I can't feel quickly. Yeah, because it's, um, it's survival protection skills. Yeah, I'm just like, yep. nothing's really that sad. No. So, well, we Apart actually, from this, we what both you're going to read, I did cry at this. a um, letter. Big tears. And I did cry. I just got a text from mum last night and it just said, I miss you. Oh. And I thought, you know, we live 45 minutes away. We've seen each other, what, three times since March? Like, oh. it's just, ugh, it's just wrong. Like, mm. I just want to, you know, go and hug her. Mm. And yeah, so that made me cry. And this is a beautiful. Um, email that I said to Mandy, this will make you cry. And she's like, I don't know. I was like, no, I might not. And And then then, what? Hi, Mandy and Kate. I've been listening since you were mentioned on Chat 10 Looks 3. I hesitated writing this because I'm 90% rectum and didn't want to make this about me. 
Your show initially resonated and helped me deal with some feelings I didn't even know I still had about having a 34-weeker, who was mercifully only in the NICU for 10 days. You completely normalised those feelings of utter and absolute despair at being severed from my baby, feelings that were brushed off by nurses who told me to get a manicure and enjoy the time off. Mm. Yeah, don't say that, nurses. I kept listening and have learnt so much every week. Six years on, my daughter is neurotypical, although both of us still experience some separation anxiety, which I believe is the result of the early experience. Mm. I wanted to share an example of the impact your show has had on us, but I don't want to come across as virtue signalling. It really is me who has gained experience from this experience. In summer, millions of years ago is when it was allowed, (laughs) we were at the (laughs) aquarium and my daughter asked me a question about a child in a wheelchair. I explained that the child could hear her and it wasn't polite to speak about people and not to them. Before listening to the podcast, I probably would have left it at that. Instead, I said to the child and her carer, I'm sorry, we're still working on our manners. I introduced ourselves and we interacted for a while. The child, I'll say Veronica as I don't want to use her real name, was nonverbal but was laughing as my child hid behind things and popped out as their carer pushed her around. A few weeks later, my sister took my child to the zoo and noticed a five-year-old staring at a child in a wheelchair so tried to divert her. My child thankfully said, I'm pretty sure that's Veronica, and ran up to say hello. They were able to interact again and played for a while. My sister came home and told me she felt embarrassed that her initial impulse was to distract my child from staring and had to confront her own inner biases. Mm. In just a short time, you gave me the tools and confidence to not be a rude rectum and to turn to other people that were not (laughs) rude rectums. I also vowed that for every post-COVID primary school birthday, we will have one special friend over for dinner and invite the whole class to a quick no-fuss fruit and cake in the park for half an hour after school so we can be inclusive and accessible to as many people as possible. And that made me cry. Really cry. Like if every mother mother or parent did that. Oh, game changer. Then your child could be invited 23 times. Yep, just going to the park having some fruit and a piece of cake and going home. It's all they really want it's anyway. It's all they really want. You I know? just It was beautiful. It Thank was beautiful. you for Thank emailing you. us that. Thank you. That yep. did bring a tear to my eye. Yep. What about anything that's made a difference, Alison? Anything lately? Um, I think just the people, the people that help. So yes. our support yes. workers, yes. my friend Maya, who listens to me complain about the perimenopausal rage every <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another friend who I'm paying to take Emma for driving lessons because oh, I don't awesome. have the, the nerve. Because you got the rage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've got the road rage. Um, yeah, so all the all the people that help. Yes, yeah. yes, that's they a huge difference. Just make a difference, mm. don't they? Every yeah. day. Mm. Yep, yep. And you have to get used to just having people through your house all the time. Yes, and my other kids are getting to the stage where they don't yes. like it necessarily. Yes, I. Can so there's totally some, there's one particular that. support worker that we've had for years who is like an older sibling to them. Yes. But then there's other support workers that just come in and do the job and yes. Yes. Have that connection and yeah. they're starting to, you know, they don't want to see someone when they're crum- grumpy and yeah, getting Yeah, and ready fair for enough. And yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. My yeah. make a difference is I started listening to a podcast called Nice White Parents. Oh, I've seen that in the charts. Oh, my gosh. It's good? Right. Yes. So it's by the people that make cereal. It's, oh, right. Okay. So it's you very know, like professional. It's, it's very <laughs> professional. It's the antithesis of us. Yes. Like the music's moving, the everything, right? They've been doing Yeah, they put so much money Researching this for years. Oh, awesome. And it is primarily it is about... Um, talking about public school or schooling in New York City 
and the difference between oh. white children and black and brown children. Yeah. And wow. why and the and why the systems are the way they are. Yeah. And I just I I don't like to use the term blowing my mind because yeah. <laughs> minds and brains are precious. But yeah. I, I just could not stop listening. Yeah. And I thought about it in terms of my own public school that we attend. Um, and then I also thought, imagine, like they're not even talking about children with disabilities here. No. <laughs> so yeah. I, so they're talking about the, the vast difference in mm. schooling. And then one of the examples was then um, these white families wanted to come into this predominantly black and brown school and they came in with all their money and their power. Yeah. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And all the families that were originally at that school were like, that's not the way we do things here. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought my word. I know. I think we don't understand that our school system, where there are schools, of course, that are better, not better, but, you know, might yeah. have more resources. They all get the same amount of money from the government. Yes. But in America, yes, it's actually based, if you pay more tax in that postcode, that school gets more. It's. I think. It's don't nice. quote it seems me. seems like it's the wrong way around. It does seem like it it's the wrong, the wrong way, way around. around. And so there's really impoverished schools. Yes. And, I mean, we have... I'll just say, for example, here, like Camberwell Grammar, Camberwell High here in yeah. Melbourne or one of those schools, everyone wants to live in that zone yes. because it's a really good state it's school. It's a public school. Right. Yep. But ultimately all state schools in Victoria do get money from the government the same yes. amount. Yes. But this is next level. But yeah, and look, I'm, I'm well, not going to do it justice because I'm terrible okay. at recall. But I just... I'm going to listen. I just couldn't stop listening yeah. and I thought about it in terms of the minority groups at our public school Yeah, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, is that how they feel? Yeah. No, are any of them on our parents and friends committee? Yes. No. Yeah. You know, and just yeah. I, I felt ashamed Yeah. as to how white our public school is. Oh, yeah. And to how, um, yeah, I, I just, I couldn't stop listening. Yeah, okay. Um, it might not be for everyone. I told a friend about it and she said, I just can't. I just can't take any guilt at the moment. Okay, and that's all right. So I said, that's fine. We yeah. need boundaries for that. Because I sent her and I said, what do you think about this? She's like, I just can't do it. Yep. Totally. So if it's not for you, it's not for you. But, yeah, but you might be able to come back to it. You might. And actually, if you want to hear a really amazing polished podcast. <laughs> hear what they should sound like. Just as a Just go and listen to that. It's awesome. Um, I finished watching Homeland. Oh, People like have been messaging me. It's finished. Oh, what do you, Mandy, think about this? And I'm like, oh. I don't know. So here you go. Oh, no, here She's I go. Finished. Uh, it finished. I thought it finished really beautifully. Okay. And but I, my heart was pumping for whole eleven episodes. Yep. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to say is what's made a difference to Miss Nine is she's been reading the Australian girls' books. Oh yeah. Now, does do people know about those? Um, uh, I think I do. Yeah. Well, they're they're stories of Australian girls at certain times. So it's fiction. Yep. It's historical fiction. Yep. For children. So I've yep. been reading them to her, and I think what's been helpful. During this pandemic, and since she's so sad to be home and not with any friends, it's been great to read about a girl in the 1800s who came yep. on a boat from England and then lived in squalor in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I know this sounds like I'm off on another planet, but it's been helpful for her to be reading stories about little girls that are having hard times. Ah, very good. At this point in time yeah, for her. Yeah. As a little nine-year-old. So yeah. she'll say, well, at least I'm not like Daisy who had to, you know, had to get on her horse and ride from Melbourne to Hillsville. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, at <laughs> least. Good. So. Yeah, that's positive. Find them 
and yep. it's just been a little bit of joy for her. Oh, I'm good. reading a fair bit to her. I'm trying good, because yeah, she's engaging. just. I think her concentration's down as well. Yeah, everyone's is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that was a long one. That's okay. right. I've got two maker differences. The first is we bought an air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that. I just can't. Scholarship. Well, Valerie put it in the hangout. Valerie didn't she? put it in the yep. hangout. Yep. And then scholarship had said. When we got locked down again, that's it. We're getting an air fryer. Okay. Like we needed something. Yeah. So we got one. Um, for some reason, Buzz was just like, oh, when is this coming? He oh. was really into it. Every day we'd have to tell him. And then it turned up and I was like, you need to come to the front door. And he was like, it's here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, he has made himself chips every day, oh. every day. So he's made lunch every day. We have to force him to eat. And he shakes that thing. He thinks he, he loves it. I just can't even describe the joy that the air fryer brings to the family. So I don't know why it's made such a difference, but it really has. And then um, P friend Bryony was like, you need to join this group on Facebook because they talk about all the things you can air fry. And we've been air frying like chickpeas, tofu right. every day. The girls are really, really into, into it. it. So it's been... I don't know. It's just been fun. I can hear the chicken pecking at the window again. <laughs> I actually have to go to school pick up. Oh, okay. oh go, go, go. Sorry. Right, we'll, go. Go. we'll say goodbye to you. Thank you, thank yep. you, and we'll continue our Yes. <laughs> I don't really have a, a big laugh other than I've really gotten into the silly TikToks. Oh, yes. Yes. That's a great pandemic laugh. That, that is. is. Thank You're you. Right. Thank you, Alison. Go, okay. go and get your girls. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 <laughs> That's, that is the reality of being a mum. Yeah. I've got to leave my interview to go get my kids from school. <laughs> we have spoken for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, well to, yep. she has a long story. Yeah, awesome story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my other make a difference has been that we, you know, you hear the little ACAR supporter ad at the start that yes. people are continuing to give money and they put these beautiful little stories beside it. And it's just makes Mandy and I laugh and cry yes. and People are like, this is for Chopper Chups. This is for beers for the sound engineer. Yeah. This is for White Wine Wednesday. Yes. This is for if you girls ever get to go away. Yes. And people, one person's like, I'm going to give you $10 a week during this oh, pandemic. Really? And I just, yeah, I, you, I don't care. Nobody has to give, really. We don't mind at all. But it's just, when you read it, it's just, it's amazing. Yes. And thank it's made you. the biggest difference to our thank life. You. So thank you. Thank you. Maybe right. I'll buy an air fryer. Maybe you should. <laughs> got the, um, you can have air fryer from the ACAR supporter money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> what about your laugh? Okay, so um, this sounds like a weird thing. Well, first of all, we did trivia on Zoom with my friends and I thought this is going to be boring. So fun. We oh, laughed and laughed and laughed. What a great idea. So we all had to come up. We got like eight topics and we did so like geography, music, TV, and we'd all ask one of those questions. So we all did a round and then you text your answers and text them to a, like write your answers down, text it to someone ah. who then texted it back to my friend Claire who hosted it. And it was just so funny. I don't know why. It was just really good. Oh, something it? different to do. Yeah, We're it was, bored. It was really fun last Saturday night. And we all said, wow, this is so much better than we thought. Like, <laughs> I think we all did it. We're like, all right. All right, And then trivia. we loved it. Um, and then the other thing, which I don't know why, this is not funny, but it has just made me laugh. I was getting the boys meds at the chemist and the pharmacist is like, right, is this their names? Yes. Is this the medication? Yes. So she knew it wasn't for me. She knew what the medication was and she just hands it to me and she goes, enjoy these. And I was like, what do you mean? It's not a bag of hot chips. Like, Did you laugh? Yeah, 
she didn't, but I did. I was, did. I was so shocked. I was enjoy like, what do you mean enjoy these? Who, what pharmacist says what? that? I don't know. It was really weird. Whenever it's they're handing the a drug over, what do they say? <laughs> anyway, enjoy these. Just got me. I was like, okay. Get medication. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy these. <laughs> oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> Dear. Okay, I laughed so hard at the dad on TikTok or Facebook. His name's Trey Kennedy. And oh, yeah. I just, it was him <laughs> pretending to be a mom um, from the first lockdown to the second. <laughs> so, I was really laughing. Yeah, we'll try and like, put it in the okay, show notes. Okay, guys, like, you know, here's your paper, your pencils. <laughs> Your, you know, sticky tape, everything. And then the next one is like, here's your paper. And he just throws the paper towel on the ground. <laughs> it's <laughs> very thought, funny. That was pandemic one, Mandy. Yeah. Turtle tables, puzzles. Yeah. Second, Mandy. I don't know. Nothing. No. Nothing. No. It's, it's a very, very different. Sit at the table. Don't yep. cry. Yep. <laughs> Push Miss Nine up to her Webex crying yeah. this morning. Dressing her, yeah, it's doing her hair, it's, just trying to get her to even stay alive. Yep, it's ordinary inadequate. It's, That's what it is. It's, it's all just, I'm doing. I'm yep. not making sausage rolls. No, I'm just like, there's some bread, Molly. Yep, mold. <laughs> Although I did, I have been ordering things. I thought, what else have we got to do? Yeah, that's right. So I, I ordered a compost thing to put on my bench because yep. I feel guilty throwing away yes. food scraps all the time. Yep, so, yep. okay. So today a box comes and we're like, oh, what is it? It says fragile. Oh, it must be the compost thing. Yep. Open up. Oh, no, it's the juicer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know, that wasn't been, funny. But it's like. Up, no, well, there's been a lot of deliveries during lockdown. Yes, I don't even know what they are. No. I just go, oh, that's is right. I did order that. Yeah, that's right. Well, the juicer, I did. <laughs> anyway, the next funny thing that is funny and cute and beautiful was Molly yesterday. And she was on a maths class, but it was with like the food tech teacher. Yeah. It was a small group and they had to cut up some fruit into fractions. Yep. So I was helping her because cutting is not easy. And of yep. course, she did not want to do a banana. No. So we had to do an apple, which yep. is very hard to cut with one hand. Yes. Anyway, so I helped her. We cut into halves, quarters, then eighths. Yep. And then so there's six kids in the Zoom. Yep. They're all cutting up their fruit. And then she said, okay, so now what I want you to do is and she showed a, pit, a piece of paper with a quarter written on it, one yep. over four. Yep. Can you all show me a quarter out of all these eighths? Yep. So Molly goes, she just saw her face like, right, I know what to do. Walks over to the drawer, opens up the second drawer, gets the quarter measuring cup out, goes back over, puts a piece of apple in it <laughs> and shows the teacher. That's <laughs> brilliant. I couldn't stop laughing, but I just, it was so cute. The teacher goes, wow, that, what a great idea. Yeah. And of course we're talking about measuring, so yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> It was just the way she was like, I don't know how to do this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just brought me so much joy because her face, she was so proud. Yeah. Quarter. Yeah, a quarter. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, look at me. My kid knows the measuring cups. Yeah, and she knows that what a quarter of a cup is. So that's exactly what a quarter is. So, yay. So beautiful. Oh, it was the best. Oh. So, yeah, but otherwise there hasn't been much laughing. It's just flat city. Yeah, it flat is a Stanley. bit, it's a bit flat. Yeah, but... Um, that's all right. Yeah. We'll it is going. what it is and we will keep going and we will keep 
our flat sparkling learning. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep doing this piece. And we will keep talking to you. Yeah. Um, and thank you for encouraging us. There's been a lot of people writing in the yeah, hangout. Yeah, beautiful We're thinking things. thinking of you, Kate and Mandy. And, you and know? thinking of all the Melbourne peas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So just if I said to a client yesterday, I was working with, she's from Outback, New South Wales, and she's like, um, it's unchanged here. Yeah. We're just living our life. And I was like, what? I know. So I, you know, it's confronting. Like I was watching Channel Seven in the morning, and they were up at Early Beach making barbecues. I know. And I just had to turn it off. I know. I, I cannot. No. I, I don't. I can't listen nope. to people from other places talking about their nope. stuff. I can't. No. Nope. And it's not because I'm really happy so for I'm, you, but I'm wondering how those people, social media, podcasts, or whatever. Yeah. Like, are they thinking we need to tone it down yeah, because I Melbourne think... doesn't want a bar of us? Well, or are I... they not? I don't know, but I think on the flip side, I was watching, I was looking at something on the, um, I think it was ABC Facebook or whatever, and someone had written, can you just stop talking about COVID all the time? And like 10 people underneath, it was like, if you live in Melbourne, that's all it's ta- all we've got. That's all we've that's, got. It's our whole life. So I think, fair enough, if you live in far north Queensland, you're like, I'm really yeah, sick of hearing about Daniel yeah. Andrews. And I'm sorry for you people that have to listen to Mandy and I crap on when you're living more normal lives. But um, you can walk along your beach. Yeah, walk along your beach. Oh things God. like that. You know, we're not allowed to. We got anyway. a five k radius, baby. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it I is, just don't know. I just was thought is that. But what it's almost like living in a different country. I feel like, like we're in a different country. Yeah. It's not relevant it's so to me different. to watch Channel Seven or Channel Nine. I know. Morning, whatever. Yeah. And I had to turn know. it on to ninety four to watch Nine Life and hope yeah. that I can watch some renovation show. <laughs> Because I could not stand to see all these Australians. I know out living their life. I know. I just, just thought. Well, irrelevant. I feel scared for them as well. I'm like, what are you doing? But they're not. They they're don't not, have to be scared. I know. They I don't know. have to be scared. It's I mean, just so it's, different. It's just bitter. I'm turning bitter. Uh, I don't think I'm bitter. I just can't relate to it. I just can't see it. It doesn't. It's nothing like my life. No. I just can't look at it. I'm just like, look at you all. Just Darren said on his work calls, they're like, oh, sorry, we've got to go out for lunch. He's like, what? I know. Lunch? <laughs> it just everything is so foreign. I know my niece, I was looking, watching her Instagram and I was like, oh, you're going to a winery and then oh you're going. I was gosh. like, oh, you, I could drive to your house. You know, oh it would take God. me a long time, but I could get there. Yeah. And yeah. your life is just so, so different. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway hopefully. We better stop. No one else gets this. <laughs> this yeah, will we be another this two is, hour I think it is already. Sorry. You're going to get to clean the house five million times. Also, thank you to everyone who loved our rectum episode. Thank you. We'll talk about it some more in the snap, P, yeah, maybe. but people we know we Yeah, and thank you. Yep. We thought it was really powerful. Yeah. Not being up ourselves, but we did. Well, there was a lot of efforts. And it wasn't too. our stories. No, so, it wasn't. Yeah, I was thank really you for sharing your stories with awesome. us. Please rate and review. Yep. Makes a big difference. And we'll be and back. Bye. Bye. Love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 